Welcome, victims, to the Horgasm Podcast, the show where the serial killer isn't coming for you, you're coming for them. I'm Nick, this is my co-host, Ali. Hello! Thank you for joining us, wherever you are. Take two. Take two. So, so that probably obviously won't make sense to you guys, but uh, there was a little accident here. Um, I was hanging out on my couch. I had just uploaded. The reason I had our little USB we used to transfer files is um, it was on my laptop because I had just uploaded episode 26 and 27. And this is 28, I think, right? Yep. Yes. So it was hanging out on there, needed to be, you know, do all of Nick's fancy wizard magic on it to make it listenable. <laughs> and um, so it's sitting in my laptop. My laptop's on the back of the couch. And out of nowhere, it just like flies off the back of my couch and the USB cracks into a million pieces. So I tried for like an hour to get it to work just like oh and I'm not a computer like techie person there was a lot of pieces and I just kind of kept pushing things together and I could get it to light up like for a second I was like ah and it my computer would recognize it for like a second and then I couldn't and then it was gone <laughs> I, it was rough so if it feels weird like we don't 100% remember the movie uh, like as much it's because we watched it about a week and a half ago. and <laughs> It was long. It was two weeks. Yeah, and we're going off of memory and Wikipedia story summary. Yeah. So, but we both, you've watched this movie more than once, and I've watched it a couple times. So, uh, not a, I don't think it'll be a huge, oh my god, Ichabod. <laughs> so, I don't think it's going to be a huge problem, but I think we'll be, uh, just if, if it's a little, uh, we don't remember everything. We should be good. I thought so. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of funny how <laughs> I, I believe in the ghost because I think it wanted to be part of Thirteen Ghosts. Yes, and, and uh, was, we didn't mention it. Nope. So now it needs to it's be like, mentioned. You know yeah. So there you go, Ghost. You got your bit of podcast, more of your podcast uh, fame. Yes. Uh, so um, for talking chop, we've already done this once, but again, the movie we watched with Thirteen Ghosts. So, um, and there's really cool backstories about all 13. So, we were going to just talk about the different backstories. And that's what we'll do. And I'll that's what we'll do. get into reading here, the, the 13 ghosts in this nice, well-done movie. Because they're really interesting, the, yeah. the different, because they all have a different backstory, sort of. Yeah. And, uh, like, the third, like, these 13 ghosts, you'll have different backstories, how they became ghosts. Exactly. Kind of why they got picked. Yeah. And, uh. And and yeah, it's it's and some are violent, some are just there. Hanging out. Yep. Yep. But um we were talking about I remember last time we kinda of talked more about it. How he's <laughs> sniffing right in my mouth. How um uh we wish that there was like a prequel almost or a TV series about this. It would work so well. Right. Thirteen episodes. Thirteen episodes. That's like a normal season. Yep, of each ghost. Yeah. And that would be really interesting just to get a backstory of what exactly happened? Like, you could kind of explore the lore of it. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't record in the afternoons, because Ichabod, as the executive producer, is not happy. Oh, oh. I think is we she... might have had success for a snoop. No. Don't look at it. No. <laughs> okay. Let's get also into the first. Let's do it. The first ghost is known as the firstborn son. 
uh, a ghost of a little bratty boy named Billy Michaels who mm-hmm. loved to pretend to be a cowboy. Right. One day, another little kid challenged Billy to a duel, but mm-hmm. Billy's cap gun was no match for the boy's real steel-tipped arrow <laughs> that Billy's ghost still carries in his forehead. Do they say the dates that these ghosts were alive? No. Okay. But Some as, of them, they're talking about the periods, I think. Well, yeah, of. like the torso was uh, early th- 1900s. Right. He's the next one. Because the outfit kind of looks like uh, 60s, 70s almost. Yeah, almost like um, 40s, like, uh, oh, what's that old show? Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy played uh, the Andy Griffith show. Yes, Like that sure. kind of era. Where, right. you know, boys are playing cowboys and Indians and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I, it reminded me of sort of, like, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, like that, uh, the one kid, Mike, that's yeah. obsessed with, like, TV. Kind of like what he wears, sort of, in yeah. some of the scenes. Which is, I don't know, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. And he looks so creepy with the arrow still in his head walking around. Yeah. Yeah. Just creepy. Yes. And he's one that kind of lurks. Like, he, he... Like he's not violent, but he'll, he wants to play. And exactly. He just wants to be around yes so right and so the second ghost is the torso yes jimmy the gambler gambino was a gambler in early 1900s who caught the attention of the mafia of course Mm -hmm. after he lost a boxing bet and didn't have the money to pay up the mafia cut him into pieces and wrapped him in cellophane dumping him in remains in the ocean yeah and um this one's interesting because he's literally just a torso and like arms and he just kind of yeah, he just kind of stumps along. Yeah, kind of like lifts and <laughs> yeah, stumbles. Yeah, like he has, like he has, like a little bit of neck almost, like just a yeah. touch of neck, like but he's headless and bottomless, so he's like, yeah, there's not much, but it's just, yeah, we only see him like a little bit, like just a touch when he's like crawling towards one of the characters. It really kind of brings out the the, the gore. Yes, and and again, like we claim we love the practical effects. Oh. We actually had a guy who I think he was an amputee. Sure. With the, for the role. Oh, that's so, so cool. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. That's awesome. That's really great because then, yeah, it, it just adds to the realism of it. That's one of the things I loved about um, American Horror Story as well is um for the American Horror Story freak show, they had actual, like, obviously not all of them, but they had actual, like, um, people with uh, disabilities in it, and they did an amazing job. And one of, like, the... Um, one of the main characters that they use for like the first three or four seasons has Down syndrome and she does an amazing job. She's my favorite character from the first season and it's just nice to, I don't know, incorporate people with disabilities yeah. into movies because we need more like people out there. Oh, I think of um, uh, the one with Johnny Knoxville. Yes. Oh my gosh. The Ringer. The Ringer. I Before it came out, love that it got movie. so much flack. They're like, oh, we're making fun of handicapped people and people with right. disabilities. This movie is going to be terrible. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna give it a shot because yeah, John love Johnny Knoxville, yeah. And it was such a pro positive uh, yes. disabilities handicap movie. Like they they start. Yes. Some some acted with you know who some of the actors did not have disabilities but pretend they did. Others did have disabilities, and then again they did such a great job. So good. It's, I love the movie. It's me too. I love it. I love the the message it kind of portrays. It does. And it, it does the exact opposite. You think it's going to, you know, run down those and make fun. It does the exact opposite. It yes, lifts them up. Absolutely. And it shows that these guys are, and women are stars and they are awesome. Yes, exactly. I agree 100%. So the third ghost, mm-hmm. the bound woman. Susan Legro was the richest girl in town and was very popular. 
her one flaw was the way she toyed with boys and men. Mm-hmm. During her senior prom night, she was killed by a jilted ex named Chet Walters. Fucking star, Chet. Her quarterback. <laughs> after catching her cheating with another guy. Oh. You know, the name Chet just sounds like somebody killed somebody. Yeah. Star quarterback. So, and she kind of looked like, again, like, sort of like an 80s almost, right? Like, with her hair 70s, and everything. Yeah, 70s, 80s. Definitely. All kind of tied up. And, yes. And she doesn't yeah. do anything but float around either. Well, she does lure... The boy. The yes. son downstairs. Yes. She's kind of not so much mean or But that would go with violent. the luring, luring boys and men, yeah, right? Is yeah. that, that's that's just, probably was, her role to play in this whole just thing. Just a slut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fourth ghost was the wilted lover. Jean Criticos, which we'll find out is the main character's wife, right. was a happy and devoted wife and mother. She died as a result of fire injuries at St. Luke's Hospital half a year before the events of the film. Of the film, right? And these event or this uh, this fire is questionable, questionable starvage. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get into that later on. In the, yeah, movie. yeah, it's interesting. And so she's the only one that's actually like good in quotations. Would you say or yes and no? Like she's the one who has the most family's best interest at heart, right? Uh, the other one's like, we don't care. We're just here. We're ghosts. Whatever. So do you think if it was a different family, she would be just more hanging in the, the bleachers, just like whatever? She would give them like warnings, but she wouldn't actively try and tell them, hey, get out. Right. Hey, okay. don't go downstairs. Interesting. Uh, the fifth ghost, as we can count here, the Torn Prince. Royce Clayton was a gifted and famous teenage baseball player in the 1940s and 50s mm-hmm. who caught the eye of colleges around the USA. Right. Thanks to his challenger, a greaser who set him up, Royce died in an accident caused by cut brake lines. Yes. So that's kind of like the old uh, greaser races around, you know, suicide bluffs or something like sure, that. Sure, yeah. And... It reminds me of Greece, basically, exactly. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got this... Is that the guy with the baseball bat? Yeah. Yes, okay. Kind of got the greaser jacket. Yes, and, uh, yeah, he's got like the, the leather, leather, leather jacket. jacket. Yeah. Leather jacket, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the sixth was the angry princess. And we like this She's one. my favorite. Yeah. I love her, yeah. Dana Newman was a beautiful but abused lady who lived in the later 1900s. She had plastic surgeries to alter her perceived flaws, and after a botched experiment that mutilated her eye, she brutally killed herself in a bathtub at the clinic. Yes. This is the one that's always nude. Yes. But uh, we have, we, in a previous recording, you you kind of think that she was wearing some prosthetics, like some uh, absolutely, yeah, some to cover the her breasts and other areas. It's just because of the the cuts, how they're placed on her body. Yeah. It's um, if they did, like obviously the gashes aren't real, but like I was just wondering if they had like a rubber piece that they put over top of her because I just would find it hard to stick the like the slash marks on like like her nipples and stuff yeah. i just how they do it i mean again i'm not a special um, effects artist or anything so i'm sure it could probably be possible they could have also put uh, pasties on right and put the prosthetics over top yeah you're well. right yeah and then just reconstructed a nipple sort of yeah yeah that would make sense too yeah that's just really well done her um prosthetics or whatever special effects they did to her were so good. It was really well. And while she is completely naked, we never get like a full frontal. <laughs> yeah. We get like a topless shot and then some, some booty. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a bit of far away full frontal, but it's you don't see much at all. Right. You really don't. Right. And so she was obviously 
like obviously wearing something to protect her dignity. Yeah, and also <laughs> every ghost scene, it's almost like it flashes. You don't see a right. good solid shot. Yes, they exactly. always kind of phase in and out, which kind of goes again with the movie where you right. wear the glasses to see the ghosts. Yes. So yes, exactly. Uh, number seven, I think number seven, the Pilgrimus. Isabella Smith came to North America as a colonist in order to find a new life after being an orphan in England. The tight-knit community ostracized and ignored her and used her as a scapegoat, being accused of witchcraft when crops and animals seriously died. She denied such accusations, but she was trapped in a burning barn, but managed to escape unharmed. That sealed her fate, and she died of starvation after being condemned to the pillory. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's that uh, old adage, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. And that's yeah. basically what I've listened to so many podcasts on the Salem Witch Trials. And it's basically, you know, if you're a witch and they put you to this test and you survive, then you're a witch because you survive. But if you die, then, oh, oops, guess you're innocent. Darn. And if you're, you weigh less than duck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's a witch. Uh, she's a witch. Oh, oh love, I love, love Monty Python. <laughs> love Monty Python. So good. <laughs> Number eight, the Great Child. Yes. Harold Shelbourne was a special needs man who never outgrew diapers and had to be spoon fed even as a fully grown adult. Mm -hmm. He often made baby sounds. After being mocked, teased, and tormented relentlessly all his life, he caused a massacre at the old freak show where he and his mother Margaret Shelbourne lived. Yes. Some of the freaks had kidnapped and killed his mother as a joke one night. Mm -hmm. The circus owner, Jimbo, had Harold mutilated beyond recognition. So Yeah, and he but in his um death, he's one of the ones where in his death he doesn't really show that he's like how he was killed. Yeah. You know? Like some of them do, and he and his mom aren't really one of them. Where they no, look just, like how they were in life. I think that's kind of how they, they are. They're right. Just, she's always feeding him baby food and Exactly. And he's just always always eating so much he He's got like a bit of vomit around him, but yes. he doesn't care. He's eating some baby food. Yay. <laughs> and uh, number eight, the dire mother. Yes. Margaret Shelburne, Harold's mother, was a shy little lady standing mm -hmm. three feet tall. She never could stand up for herself. At the freak show where she lived, she was raped by the tall man, another circus freak, and gave birth to her illegitimate son, Harold, mm -hmm. whom she loved more than life itself. She smothered and swallowed him with from infancy and never stopped as he grew. This is the main reason for Harold's mental handicap, which were abused at a point where Harold killed almost the entire circus after Margaret died. So these two are always together. Right. Always. Even in death. Yeah, yeah. they still hang out. So that's interesting. Yeah, this, these were ones that didn't really go after um, the, the main characters either. They just kind of, they did some brooding, some standing and creeping around, but they didn't actually attack anybody. No. Which you'd think that Maybe, you know, with this torment and everything, he'd still be, uh, like, mad. And you'd think he might still attack, but he doesn't. Which is nice. But, yeah. So, after the mother... Is the hammer. Yes. Number 10. Yes. He's now super we're, cool, too. We're I love this the one. More meaner ones. Yes. A happy and honest family man and blacksmith, George Merkley was falsely accused of stealing by a higher-up named Nathan and threatened the exile from their old western town. Mm -hmm. George refused to leave, and his family was lynched by Nathan and his band of thugs while walking home from the town market one day. Right. Seeking justice in the corrupt town, George took his blacksmith's hammer and killed those responsible. But the townsfolk chained him to a tree 
and drove railroad spikes into his body. His left hand was cut off, and his hammer was crudely attached to it. Oof. This is like a big, bucked-up black guy with a hammer for a fist, and mm-hmm. he's got railroad spikes on him, which he pulls out. Yes. He pulls them out. And tries to attack people with yeah. them. It is super cool. I like this guy. He's, yes. he's, he's physically intimidating. He yes. looks mean as hell. He's one of the scarier-looking ghosts, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it gets scarier. It, it does. <laughs> Number 11, the Jackal. Oh, yes. Yep. Born to a prostitute in 1887, Ryan Kuhn developed a sick appetite for women, attacking and raping strays and prostitutes in the night. He voluntarily went to a, to a Boreham, Boreham Wood Institute for treatment to cure this problem. But mm-hmm. the, medical, the medical practices made him much worse, causing him to go completely insane after years of solitary confinement having his head locked in a cage after breaking out of a straitjacket, and developing a hatred of humanity. When the asylum burst into flames, he chose to stay behind and perish in the fire. Yes. This guy is, like, seen as one of the most... Definitely one of the most Crazy, dangerous, violent... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he gets, um, he gets most of, I would say of all the ghosts, he gets the most violent. Yeah. Definitely. And he's seen as the most... Uh, he, he's not that dangerous, but just the most. He uh, does the most damage to yes. the victims for sure. Yeah, he yeah follows them, and he's got these long, gross nails, and like scratches the shit out of everybody. Yeah. Like he gets the main character, he gets um, his daughter. He, oh, he I gets can't daughter. Yes, yep, Ooh. and it's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, and he's super creepy. With he still has the cage over his head and everything. This long, scary hair, and he just kind of like runs around screaming. And it's almost like, well, it's, it's, it is like yes. the, the cage in the front has been bent out. Yes. So he's tried to break out of yes. his cage, but he couldn't get over his head, but he bent the bars yes. in front of him out so he can see better. Absolutely. Ugh. And number 12, the Juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Horace Breaker Mahoney was born very disfigured and was an outcast his entire life. Mm-hmm. His mother abandoned him at a tender age, and his dad put him to work in a junkyard, using his unusual strength to crush cars. After his dad died, Horace went insane. He would take motorists and hitchhikers, tear them apart with his bare hands, and feed their remains to his dogs. Cute. Lucky dogs. <laughs> After several of these murders, he was arrested. A SWAT team shot and killed him when he broke free of his handcuffs. So this, this guy is... Killer, like he's, yeah. So this his kill count numbered in the forties. Jesus, and that's those are just before he was killed. After he was in the junkyard, mm-hmm. he would kill his wife. Right. So he really he was bad. Yeah, because they say um, in the first scene of the movie, um, the 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 cute little guy from Scooby Doo, Matthew Lillard or whatever. He um he says, oh, you know, I thought he only killed like six people or something. He's like, yeah. When he was alive. <laughs> but um, did you ever watch Love, Death, Robots on Netflix? Yes. This reminds me of that junkyard monster one. The short one. Where it's like the old hillbilly guy that hangs out. And like the, the police or something come to talk to him. And then he's uh, talking about his pet. And it's this huge, crazy, like, it's like a worm thing almost. Oh, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah that was one of them. And, uh. This this guy kind of reminded me almost of that, where he's got like like obviously the actual thing is killing it, not him. But yeah, just with the junkyard thing, it's kind of yeah. cool. 
For sure. I agree. Yeah. So those are the 12 ghosts and the 13th ghost. We don't know yet. We'll find it's out. It's a mystery. We'll find out when we, the, uh, we go to the plot to the movie. Yeah. And hey, let's do that right now. Let's do it. It was a 2001 movie, and it was directed by Steve Beck and written by Bob White and Neil Marshall Stevens. Yeah, and this yeah. this is a remake. It's a remake. There was an old original one, uh, 1960. Yep. And uh, this movie was pretty different because it brought in, this is kind of same time, if not before, 3D glasses. Yes. Illusiono. Right. Hey, Sorry, it's a short thing. <laughs> and this was uh, for basically, you come into the theater to watch a movie, and you have a choice. Are you going to be brave to watch a movie, or be a little squeamish or scared? Right. So the brave audience members could watch the film and see the ghosts with the glasses. Awesome. Where the more apprehensive viewers could opt out of the horror and watch without the stress of having to see the ghosts. That's crazy, but this for the 1960s, this would be scary. Yeah, okay. like they just something like this today would be so cool. Yeah. Of course, most people would want to watch them with the glasses, but still. Right. It, it's just, it's so cool because it was dubbed Illusional and um, the film elements of the actors and the sets, everything except the ghosts had a blue filter applied. Right. While the ghost elements had a red filter. Cool. And it would superimpose over the frame. Uh, yeah, audience have received viewers with red and blue cellophane filters, light early 3D glasses. Right. Where one is red and it was blue. And the illusional viewer required people to look through a single color with both eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, using to look through the red filter intensified the images of the ghosts, while the blue filter removed them. Hmm. So that's kind of neat. Yeah, that's definitely neat. I think that would have been really something nowadays would work. Yeah. It would be, be, be um, a gimmick. Absolutely. And the 3D gimmick is kind of, it's still going strong, but where can you go from there? Right. Let's go back to illusional. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be so cool. Just with ghost movies or right? something like that. Yeah, something I I think that um movies definitely are gonna keep evolving. And like honestly, 3D has never been my thing. And I think part of that reason is because it was so cheesy before. Like when I think of 3D, like in Disneyland, they used to have like Honey, I Shrunk the Audience and like yeah. um Captain EO, like the old Michael Jackson one that was one of my favorite Disney rides ever that they shut down a few years ago. That made me super sad. But like, um, th that is more what I think of with 3D is like things like popping out at you or like Friday the 13th 3D. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where they like do the ping pong right at the camera sort of. And I think, um, Avatar was my favorite movie ever, but when I saw that and how they use the 3D to add depth and like meatiness to the movie, I was like, Holy shit, I this is what 3D should be. Avatar was the only movie who started right. Yeah. For 3D. I, agree. I, I really believe that because yeah. I saw it in theater well, I know. at least three times. Yeah. It was gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Especially when 
he's uh, following, uh, I forget her name. Yep. And uh, he's going through the world in the jungle and it starts to basically open up. Yes. And the colors, everything just kind of hits you. You're like, yes. holy crap. This is absolutely gorgeous. Right? And how I knew that it was so well was that the story and like the movie itself, I was not a fan of Avatar. Space Book Hogs. <laughs> but the effects, I couldn't take my eyes away. Yeah. I was like, I just want to keep watching just to see them be in this world. Like it was, and that's like a sign that they did something right. Yeah. Oh. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know where it could go from here, but I think this movie could definitely incorporate something like that, where even there's, you know, like, I again, I have nothing to do with movies, so I have no idea, but if they could incorporate that, like, you know, you can watch the movie normally, but if you watch it with these special glasses, yeah, you could see, like, extra, yeah, jump scares or something creepy, you know, the ghosts following the main characters around or something. Mm-hmm. Right? All like little hidden parts. Or even if they make that a TV series and then you have the 3D glasses, then you could see more, see different things or something like that. Yeah, I definitely think that there's room to incorporate something like that. I'm sure there, there has to be. Yeah. Even, yeah, there, there has to be. There even has to be. Not just do the whole red and blue glasses. Right, but absolutely. Have, like the clear glasses, but it would yeah. pick up what's hidden on the screen. It yeah. also sounds incredibly expensive. Yeah, right. But whatever. <laughs> yes. So, where did you hear about this movie first, Lana? Um, I remember when I was, I must have been around when it came out, um, walking through the mall, and they had the movie posters, and they just have this, like, it's like a bunch of different boxes almost, and it's like a face it makes, and it's all red, and it looked super scary. I was like, yeah, I'm going to 100% avoid this movie. <laughs> and then you and I watched it when we first moved into the house. And it was, um, I remember just you being like, oh, yeah, you know, you're going to like this movie. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And then we watched it. I was like, yeah, that was good. That was definitely good. Yeah. So I'm glad we, so I've actually watched this a few times now. So that's nice. <laughs> and how about you? Because you were more into horror movies at this point. I never saw it in the theaters. But okay. I know when I came to Rent, sure. I, I jumped all over it because, ooh, this is a, this looks like a good movie. Yeah, it looks um, creepy. It, it, it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it still kind of is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember seeing trailers for it. And I'm like, this looks really good. Oh, it's got Matthew Lillard. Cool. Mm -hmm. And um, it's got Shannon Shannon Elizabeth? Yep. Yeah, and ooh, she was naked in American Pie. Even better. She sure was. And, <laughs> and yeah, I, I saw it, I rented it. I'm like, this is a good movie. I'll mm -hmm. have to buy it someday. And I did. Definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's one of those, like, you know, you get a normal, you know, ghost movie, but it just kind of keeps twisting and turning. And I really appreciate <clears> that. How it's just, um, like, even at the end, you still don't really know what's going on until the very, very end. Like, they keep you know, throwing in betrayal and different things happening and, oh, what's really going on here? Yeah. And yeah, right up until the very end, you don't really know what's happening. And I really appreciate that with movies, you know? you got to have at least a bit of a twist to make it interesting and kind of, can't make it too predictable. Yes, because horror movies, unfortunately, fall into tropes so often that they're so often predictable. Yeah. And I just, it's nice to have one where right at the end, you're like, no way and then something happens you're like no way yeah, and then this person so well yes, such a good yes. job at that. 
which Matthew Lillard was also in. Yes. Yay. So he's got a good, I wish he'd do more horror movies. I do too. But he doesn't really act so much anymore and mostly just does voice acting, doesn't he? Yeah. He's almost like, you know, typecast as Shaggy. Which, like, (laughs) if that's your gravy train for the best rest of your life, Scooby-Doo is never going to go out of style. I dare somebody to fight me on that. Because people will always love Scooby-Doo. And they're just coming out, like, Velma and Daphne just got released on Netflix. So there's a whole new, and I think it's a kid's show. I'm actually not 100% sure I haven't watched it yet. I think it's a teeny Sure. Show. Like a teeny. Sure. Uh, and so, there's like... There's a movie coming out about yes. when they first meet Scooby-Doo. Yes. Yep. So, it's... um, I don't think it's ever going to go out of style. So, I think he can just ride that for the rest of his life until yeah. his voice changes or, you know, he's <laughs> too old to do it. So... Well, they'll have Scooby-Doo and the old folks home. But I mean, the girl voicing Lisa Simpson is still doing it. She's been doing it for what, like 30 years, so. Yeah, but she can act, so she can only do voice <laughs> Which, uh, if you want uh, proof of that, feel oh. free to go back and listen Maximum to our overdrive. review of Maximum Overdrive, where we talk explicitly about how poor her acting is. Yeah. So, well, I guess since we're talking about the characters, we should get into the characters. I think so. So, yeah. start off with the uh, lead actor, uh, Tony... Chalob. Yes. Uh, yeah. He's he's my last name. He plays <laughs> Arthur Criticos. Yes. Uh, and he's also known from uh, Monk as Monk. Yes. Uh, he's got a good career. He's had a great career. Yeah. Embeth uh, Divitis. Again, weird last names. As uh, Kleena mm-hmm. or Tasia. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Lillard, our favorite, as Yay. Dennis Rafkin. Woohoo. Uh, Shine Elizabeth as Kathy Criticos, who keeps most of her clothes on this movie. Yep. Alec Roberts as Bobby Criticos as a young boy. Yes. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I forgot the kid is <laughs> He's an annoying character. He's so too. annoying. Ugh. <sighs> Kids in horror movies either get killed or are annoying or... No, I think that's about it. No. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, it's... I've not made it um, silent that I hate kids. <laughs> and it's just... when So when I see a kid in a horror movie, I'm like, gah. <laughs> But uh, Ra Diggy or Digga mm-hmm. as uh, Maggie Bess, mm-hmm. F Matthew Abraham as Cyrus Criticos, yes, Cyrus the rich uncle, yeah. and G.R. Borg as Ben Moss, Ben Moss, yes, the lawyer dude, yeah, yes. So, and then you got real people playing the uh, the ghosts, but they didn't really, yeah, they're just, just focus on the main characters, yeah, yeah. So, um, this movie opens in the junkyard which we've already kind of talked about in our little talking chop there with the ghosts so um cyrus and uh matthew lillard's character kind of are talking they're there to obviously capture this ghost the junkyard dude we find out that matthew he's a psychic yes and he can basically communicate well communicates a bad term but he can he can kind of see them yes and he also has a bit of uh, he can see a bit of the future right every time he does a connection if he touches someone he'll also bit of uh it's kind of like um uh christopher walken's character movie uh prophecy okay where he touches someone he can like see the future when they're gonna die Hmm. and uh whenever he does this effect he um killer migraines it just sucks life out of poor matthew there and um He's he's been kind of contracted on by Cyrus to help collect these ghosts. Yes, he wants to collect the ghosts, and there this is the last one. It's the twelfth ghost. 
So they're kind of talking about it, and they're talking about his pay and whatnot. And one of uh, Cyrus's lunkies kind of comes up, and he's like, oh, you know, blah, 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 13 ghosts. And Matthew Lillard's like, 13? I thought we were 12. You know, I thought this was it. And yeah. Cyrus is like, oh, we'll talk about it after. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Just, just don't worry. We're just going to get this one, and then we'll talk. And Matthew Lillard is like, ugh, okay, fine, whatever. So he touches the ground, I think, and he can kind of see. He's, he knows he's here. Yes. In, in the junkyard. And he can kind of see him, like, swooping around a little bit, can't he? And, like, no, not, not this guy. He's not this guy? This field. Sure. And so uh, Cyrus you know, brings up the truck full of blood to lure him out. Yes. And all his guys are supposed to kind of, I don't know, they, they have guns for some reason to shoot the ghost. Yeah. Uh, and basically, <laughs> they'll get attacked. Yes. The, the juggernaut, he's like, you know what? Get the hell out. I'm going to kill you all. And he does. He kills a lot of them. Yes. Including Cyrus. He gets yes. killed. Yes. Um, and uh, there's also, uh, just before all this started off happening, uh, two people who are trying to free the ghosts show up. Uh, yes. They're like the PETA of ghost schools. <laughs> the PETA. What <laughs> um, is Kalina? Yes. And uh, her boyfriend guy who's like, yo, stop it. And he gets killed. Right. But uh, the um, they managed to trap the ghost yep. after using one of the guys as a lure, yep. as bait, right. in this big box. Yeah, it's and, like a glass yeah. with like, kind of reinforced with metal on the corners and stuff. Yeah, pretty much. It's, and then it's uh, covered with Spells and entrapment tra- 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 yes. spells and all that. Yep. And basically, uh, they, they catch the juggernaut. Yep. But uh, Cyrus dies, and yes. uh, yeah, poor and Matthew's like, character, uh, womp womp. Dennis, he's kind of like, who's going to pay me now? Yes. So, so we, and then we get the opening credit sort of sequence, yeah. and we flip to Arthur and his family, and we get a bit see. of a montage of yes. how everything's all happy and good. All of a sudden, there's a fire. And his wife dies. Yes. And now he's spending all his money trying to kind of... Figure out what happened. See, yeah, yeah. What happened and get some conversation and closure. Yes. But uh, it's tough on... The on kids. Him, especially tough on, you know, he's been tough on his kids. Yes. Had to hire a babysitter because he's supposed to do this stuff. Right. And uh, suddenly one day Mr. Lawyer, Ben Ma, shows up. It's like, hey, um, your uncle passed away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Cyrus, I don't remember him very well. Yeah, I met him like once as a kid yeah. or something. And, and uh, he's like, yeah, well, you got left everything in his possession, which is a house and everything inside. Yes. And he's like, oh, sweet. We can you know, maybe sell the house and keep going with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, his daughter's like, oh, no, no, we got a house now, not this crappy little condo we're living in. Yeah. And he's like, well, can you check it out? And I was like, okay, we'll come over and we'll do the paperwork. And okay. Yeah, I'm heading there after work, so yeah. drive on down to wherever this is, and we can, you know, talk about it there, yeah. sign the papers, and you guys can do whatever. Yeah, so we go there to go to this house, and it's this giant glass-covered house. Like, yes. there's windows. The whole thing's a window. Right. Uh, no privacy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and as we get there, we see Dennis wandering around. He's dressed up. He's a power guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a bunch of power out, and... He has to go check the uh, the fuse box and the breakers. He has to get in there and get yes. out. And um, so they get inside. Yes. Using like a key that was left to uh, Arthur and use it to open up. It kind of starts like a, a mechanism. Yes, there's whirring and whatnot. It's and... like a big clock. Yes, yes, exactly. That's a good description. It's, it's like a clock noises when you're like tuning it or whatever. Yeah. So they go inside and... Uh, 
uh, Dennis is like, where's the basement? You know, it's like, oh, it's that way. Okay, great. And he goes down there. And while he's down there trying to figure out, you know, where's our money and what have you been doing, Cyrus? Yeah. Um, Arthur and the Lord are kind of discussing over everything. Yes. And the kids, Arthur's kids, and then the, the babysitter, stay here. Don't yes. move, don't touch anything, stay here. Yep. As soon as he leaves, they go everywhere. Yes, they start exploring. Because yes. why wouldn't you? Yeah. This is they a got... huge, crazy, nuts house with a bunch of valuables and stuff in it. So why wouldn't you explore? <laughs> yeah. And uh, as they're all snooping around, uh, yeah. uh, Dennis sees in the basement and he sees everything's got Latin on, on all the uh, like the, the windows. Right. The glass. It's all protection spells. Like, what are yes. you doing here? And he gets he kind of gets hit by the um, by his you know, psychic powers. Yes. And he realizes there's a bunch of ghosts in here. I need to get out. Yes, and he is overwhelmed with the amount of like yeah. bad juju going on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so uh, during this, uh, he's trying to he goes and tells Arthur to get the hell out of here. And it's like whatever. Yeah. Uh, where's yeah. my kids? So he's looking for his kids. Uh, also during the time when Arthur's talking to uh, Dennis. The Lord disappears. Yes. He sneaks downstairs to grab the money because he's been off. He's in pretty much promised <coughs> get, get them here. Here's the money. He grabs the bag up. Yes. Flips a switch because he's a dumb lawyer. Yep. And everything starts working. Yes. Things start moving. There's this center um, floor that spins with yes. all these letters. It gets all Latin. Yep. And uh, he doesn't realize what he's done. Mm-hmm. Lawyer tries to make a quick break for it. And... One of the doors, and this is, I think... this is The princess kind of comes and starts kind of walking towards him. Oh, no, he gets sliced first. Because the door, the, the wall glass slides down, cuts him, bisects him. Yes. And then she kind of walks ahead. She's like, oh, you're dead. Mm-hmm. I'm free. Mm-hmm. And so she goes up, and she goes and uh, hangs out with Shannon Elizabeth's character right. in the bathroom. Because she's loving this house. He's like, yes. oh, this is great. I love the beds. It's got a nice bathroom. And she kind of runs the water in the tub, and she's looking in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And you can see the print the princess behind her, and then she's in the tub full of blood. Yes. How she killed herself. Yeah, there's like glasses sitting on like a little ledge sort of in this bathroom. And so the camera, and I love how they do this, is like the bathroom looks totally normal. Shannon Elizabeth's just like hanging out and like checking her hair and whatever. And then the camera like moves into the glasses to the the lenses. And when the camera moves into the lens, then we see, like, blood all over the bathroom. And there's, like, help written on the floor, isn't there? So I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. You're right. Her, yeah. her, her, uh, her death, her suicide note was, yes. I'm sorry. Yes, and we see the princess. And she's fixing her hair, too, and kind of watching Shannon Elizabeth. And then she walks over to the tub and starts filling it and just kind of touching the water. And the princess is in the tub. And she, like, pulls a knife to stab her and then uh, we hear Arthur scream like hey you know yeah, or whatever where, where is yeah, where's, yeah where where's, is your brother where like, I don't know and then she's with the babysitter and she shows up I lost him yeah <laughs> so yeah he was here like a minute ago and they were like they were playing in a room with a bunch of models and comic books and whatnot and they were chasing each other around Bobby and the babysitter and um then he just kind of got off because he has like a scooter, doesn't he, or something? Yeah, yeah. Those old like razor kinda... scooters, all that. Right. Was Ruth Parker back in the two thousands? They were. We had one. Oh, I didn't. Killer on the angles, but yeah. they were really fun. Yeah. So he wanders downstairs, and you can hear. I think it was the um, the spoiled 
Yeah. The one, yeah. Right. She's trying to lure him down. Yeah. And at the same time, his mom, who's the fourth ghost, is saying, you know, go away, Bobby. Yeah. Stay upstairs. Don't come down. It's dangerous. He's like, eh, whatever. Yeah, he doesn't know it's his mom. He doesn't care. He also has, like, a little recorder with him. And he goes down there, and he also finds the glasses, puts them on, and uh, he sees the torso. Yes. And the little boy. And he freaks out and kind of falls over and gone. Yes, exactly. And uh, meanwhile, they're trying to also, our third Dennis, everyone else, they're trying to find um, the the son. Right. And also they find out, oh, hey, the front door is closed. Right. We can't get out. Yes. And Dennis is like, well, I'm done. I'm just going to wait here until this is over because there's ghosts down there. Arthur's not believing him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, help me. Yes. We're going downstairs. We're going to go find him. And Dennis like, don't go down there. I just told you there's ghosts. I don't care. Yeah. You owe money? I will give you money. Help me find my son. There's and Dennis a, is like, okay. There's, there's one funny part when he's initially confronting um, Arthur and the lawyer where he's like, well, I used to work with Cyrus. He's like, well, what did you do? Well, we hunted ghosts. And they're like, goats? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's like one of my favorite parts where he's like, no, not goats, ghosts. <laughs> I just imagine Cyrus and Matthew Lillard running around the countryside <laughs> hunting goats. <laughs> I would watch that movie too, let's be honest. And, and every ghost has the same affliction as the ghosts. <laughs> got the juggernaut, the jackal goat. This goat with big fake boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Right? Sorry, I just had to throw that in because it's one of my favorite parts of this movie. I just imagine them hunting goats. <laughs> yeah. But so Dennis agrees to help them and go down to the basement and try to find Bobby. So off we go. Yeah, and uh, while we're down there, they split up, which is again first thing they do is split up. Yeah. So Arthur's like, "All right, I'll take uh, my daughter. Dennis, you go with Nanny. Yeah. Let's let's go do our thing. Yes. And uh, so meanwhile, Maggie, Maggie, was it Maggie? Um, yeah, Maggie. Yeah. the, the babysitter. Yes. Yeah, yep. she, she's asking Dennis, you know, what, what about these ghosts? Explain, explain. Right. And, uh... Yep. And, and so... And, uh, he's like, well, get, you know, Put see, these on. Yeah, see for yourself. And he shows her the guy with the baseball bat. And yes. smashes against the, uh, the window. And yeah, the and he's like, ah, oh, they always do that. Yeah. They're always like, wait until right you least expect it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, meanwhile, at the same time, uh, Arthur's like, I can't believe this ghost talk. Let's find her, speak yep. better, and get out of here. Yeah. And um, the daughter, she puts the glasses on, and the jackal attacks her. Yes. And, and, and this then, is such a cool shot, where the jackal's pulling her across the hallway, and um, Arthur can't see what's happening, so all he sees is her body, like, being pulled across the hallway, and then up against the wall, and the jackal's, like, ripping at her, and ripping her shirt, and her bra, and her Kathy, sweater. Yeah, Kathy, yeah. Yes. And so Arthur just starts freaking out and tries to pull her back. And um, then all of a sudden, uh, Kalina Kalina drops down from the roof and throws like a a flare. And it scares the jackal and the jackal runs off. And they kind of coddle her. She's freaking out, obviously. She gets sliced up. Yes. And uh, uh, as we were watching, as this movie progresses, the uh the floor yes keeps each there's like sections each starts spinning each time yes. it spins a new cage opens up yes exactly so it's not all at once they're one by one being opened up yes methodically the so. ghosts yeah so 
which is interesting, an interesting way of doing it, sort of. As, you know, it's not just, bam, 13 ghosts all at once, because who would stay in the house for that, right? Yeah. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so Kalina shows up, she saves them. Yeah. And uh, after that, though, Kat, because they start following her. Yes. And Kathy yes. disappears. Exactly. Where'd Kathy go? We don't know. Yeah. And so they all meet up. All the adults meet up. Then we got Arthur, Kathy, and everyone else. Yes, exactly. And uh, Kalina kind of reinforces Dennis, saying that there's 12 ghosts in here. They're all trying to... Well, yeah. They're, they're, they're captured. Exactly. And this is Cyrus' idea to create the um, the devil machine or yes, something. Yes, this like a device. The whole thing is it was created years and years and years, like thousands of years ago. Um, and Cyrus built it. Yep. And he has to use 12 ghosts and all that to make it work. Yes. And there's a 13th ghost. Yes. And that goes when when he's released or happens, which she's told when Arthur sacrificed himself yep. for... Yeah, w- it has to be a willing sacrifice. Yep. It'll basically shut everything down. Yeah. So, basically, uh, Arthur's like, well, okay, time to go do some sacrificing. Yeah. I'm ready to sacrifice for my family. Because yes. now we figure out that... They've um, kidnapped, I guess, those two kids. The ghosts have the two kids, and yeah, he's gonna have to sacrifice himself to get them back. Yeah, and uh, so they they got some time yet because she's trying to figure out how to uh, shut her down before everything's all yes done. Yep. So, and she has a bunch of dynamite, so just in case something right, doesn't happen, right. yeah. then the dynamite will doing. go off. Yeah, she was setting that up exactly. And uh, earlier, when Dennis was roaming around the basement, he saw a vision of his death. Yes. The juggernaut. He's yep. like, oh, that's not good. And uh, so while she's doing that, Arthur and Dennis, they grab a piece of the protective glass because yes. it's got all the protective um, enchantments on it. Yep. Um, they take it down to the basement to go find the kids. Yes. And as they're going through, they realize the hammer and juggernaut have been released. Yes. And The uh, two kind of almost worst ones yes. are now on the loose. So Dennis knows, okay, we're in trouble. Yes. He kind of traps Arthur in the corner with the glass and basically kind of, he does like the sacrifice. He's like, yes. you know, kill me and all that. He basically gets his hands smashed, <laughs> crushed by the hammers. Yes. The hammer, and uh, he gets bent in half Oof, in the corner by the, by the juggernaut. Yes. So he's dead. So, yeah. Poor Matthew Lillard. R.I.P. And Arthur kind of, he gets out and he's like you know he's he's pretty upset by now he's like yes. this is just the worst day ever yeah he's like losing it because he actually you know started to like dennis yeah. and you know they, he was really helping him because he was a freaking psychic yeah. so and he finds and he sees cyrus cyrus kind of shows up he's like he's like ah. hey and he knocks him out yeah yeah so we find out that cyrus and uh Kalina were in cahoots. Oh no! They were uh, not cahoots. Of, they were in the cahoots. She killed her current boyfriend, or yes, his boyfriend, to get at his protective spells. Right. And uh, yeah, so they did that. Um, and he, she's like, "Well, I did what you said. I got Arthur in, in his head that he has to sacrifice himself for the for his children to yes. stop this." When in reality. His sacrifice is going to basically activate fully activate the machine. Point. Yeah, because there's a certain song he plays, which draws all the ghosts to the center of the machine. Right, and they each have a certain spot, which is the moving sort of device we saw. Yes, previously. Yeah, and yeah. Their, their, their power kind of opens like a portal to 
uh, see like the future to have infinite power. Yes. See past, present, future, and just have control over right. everything. And that's exactly. what Dr. Seuss wants. He wants control. He's, yeah. a, he's a control freak. Yeah. So him and Kalina are like, she's, she's like, oh, you know, I did everything you asked and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, okay, great. Yeah. Proud of you. <laughs> yeah, so they, go, uh, they go upstairs, and yeah. just before, uh, well, Sars goes first, and after him is Kalina, he throws a switch, and she gets crushed. Yes. By a wall. And this is one of the only scenes that they used, I guess, special effects in CGI, and it is rough. It is comical, almost, how they do it. Um, it's it's unfortunate. I wish, you know, they almost um, just had her being smushed, and then at the end, like, just, you know, put a body bag in there and kind of, like, smushed it for real, sort of, you know? Yeah. How they, you know, almost like a watermelon explodes. Yeah. Nuts. I don't know. I think that there's um, better ways they could have done this other than, like... It was very, very not graphic. Just, like, this kind of squished her. And that was yeah. It. Nothing came out. No blood. She almost, like, like blew up almost kind of like a balloon. Like, you can see that they just compressed yeah. her image. It's too bad that they had to do that. But, whatever. I mean, for it, it's one. They get, you know, they get a pass. It's just once. So. It is what it is. Yes. So... Arthur kind of, he kind of got knocked out. He wakes up and he uh, goes to the center where all the spinning discs are. Yes. And his kids are stuck in the middle. Yeah. They're just like, they're kind of, yeah, basically stuck. Like all the the things are moving sort of like blades almost. Yeah. And so they can't move. Yeah. And, and earlier, uh, the babysitter, she kind of caught on to Kalina and she got knocked out by yes. her in the control room. So yep. that's where the babysitter is at the time. She's sleeping. Yeah. She's knocked out. So... So yep, nobody's so Arthur, doing very good right now. So Arthur's ready to kind of make the jump, and Sarah shows up. He's like, "Yep, yeah, do it. I shouldn't, you know, I, I picked your pathetic family for this reason. Yep. Um, and it's very insinuated that Cyrus started the fire. Yes. Cyrus yes. is the one that killed Arthur's Jean. wife yeah. to get the ghost. Exactly. And, uh, and we see Cyrus has like a big gash on his neck. So we're assuming he's dead. He's just a ghost hanging around. Because we see him creeping a little bit throughout the movie, but we just assume he's like a ghost, right? Yeah. Why he kept that on, I don't. I think right? just to make him look like, because he wanted to kind of make the assumption that he's a ghost. Right. So that's what I'm thinking. And then if he just happened upon these people while they're, you know, going through the whole whatever ghosty thing while they're being released, I think it's sort of to keep his identity like, oh, you know, we're seeing ghosts, so he's just a ghost. Yeah. You know? So just in case he was found out, even though it's his house, he knows all the hiding holes. But just in case, I think. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And and so Arthur kind of realizes, too, you're not a ghost. You're yeah. a dick. And yeah. he fights him. But yes. Arthur kind of, of course, or not Arthur, uh, Cyrus, he pulls a little sword out of his cane and he's like, you dumbass. I jump, jump in. Go kill yourself. Favorite kids. Blah, blah, blah. Yes. And just before he can do that, um, Maggie wakes up. Yeah. And she starts throwing switches, breaking shit. She yes. starts wrecking everything. Yes. And the song stops. Yes. And the ghosts who were all kind of in a circle, they're all doing their ghostly power thing. They go after Cyrus. All yeah. of them. They all yeah. team up. They lift him up and they basically throw him into the spinning blade discs. Yes. Just dicing him right up. He gets chopped into a bajillion pieces too. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so 
Cyrus is now dead, dead. Like, really dead now. <laughs> and uh, the machine's starting to break, so it kind of goes from spinning all over to stop. Spinning all over, stop. Yeah. And Arthur's like, okay, to make a good jump. I'm going to yep. time it out, because he's a math teacher. And uh, <laughs> he dies, he makes a jump, he's with his kids, as Rusko, everything just breaks and falls, falls apart. Falls apart, yep. yep. And so the whole house kind of explodes. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah, um, most of the glass yes, shatters, shatters. And all the ghosts are basically free to go. Yeah, walk away and back to their little haunts. Uh, Matthew Lillard's character pops back up as a ghost, and they have a little chat about like everything that just happened. I guess. Yeah, he, before this, he kind of tells Dennis, "They need you, Arthur. Your kids yes, need you. So yes. uh, go to him. Go be a hero." Yep. And he does. Yeah. So and, they uh, um, all the ghosts leave except Jean. She sticks around, and they have a little chat. He's, you know, she, she loses her hospital form, I guess, sort of, where she's all burnt up. And now yeah. she looks like she did um, as their mom before this all happened. So they sort of have a little touchy moment and they're all happy. And then she goes to and then we pan back to the babysitter. <laughs> and um, this movie ends on her being like, you know, she quits. Yeah, she doesn't I get quit. paid enough for this kind of <laughs> bullshit. So she quits. And that's a movie. The end. Yay. 13 Ghosts. Yes. Yes. Good movie. I agree. I, I'm glad we watched this movie again and we got to talk about it again. Again, again. <laughs> again, again. Because it's just, it's it's a fun movie. It's good. It's, um, the practical effects were fabulous. Um, there were a few weird moments, which we didn't really talk about, but a few weird sort of montages of just silent snaking oh, through the basement right. yeah it's, yeah when uh, everyone's upstairs and yes. the kids are missing there's yeah. a weird just kind of uh like the camera just a silent patrol yeah of the bill of the inside basement yeah it was weird there's a very oddly put scene it is and it would work if it was quick like evil dead where they just do this the quick sort of snake around but it goes on for a long time and it's just sort of cuts the pace of the yeah. movie and it's too bad because i don't know i just didn't think it needed it i think it's because the whole house is like a big maze right and the base especially the base it's a big labyrinth so they kept getting lost yes it's almost like the ghosts were just kind of wandering around trying to find a way upstairs because there's right. only one way up or down right um how the uh the, the princess made it up there so easy <laughs> i don't know yeah but yeah again, this for movie his, magic. This, this movie has a few flaws. Yes. Uh, nothing that really ruins it or no. takes away besides no. the little slow part. But yes. Things get picked up again pretty quick. Exactly. Um, I agree. I like how they kind of kept the... Um, they didn't explain it all right away. They kind of built up to it. Right. Um, you, you assume that Sars is dead the entire time. Yes. But, yeah. it's <coughs> I enjoy this movie. I yeah, like it. Same. It's got Matthew Lillard. He's always good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you liked it, then what would you rate it? Three and a half. Definitely. Three I'm half. exactly this the same. This is a good, solid movie. Yes. Great practical effects. Yep. Some were a little less as good as it could be, but hey. <clears throat> but overall, worse. still really well done. Oh, I, I love it. Definitely. So good. Yeah. Yeah, same. I would say three and a half. The only place that it would lose like 1.5 is like... The music's not as good as other, or sound effects aren't as good as other movies we've watched. Um, that weird sort of 
snaky stuff and then the uh, the the CGI they used like for whatever I think it was 2001 I said yeah yeah it wasn't like CGI was not great so just if they could have used practical effects instead it would have been just a little bit it would have aged a little bit better and and yet the lawyer's death was well done fantastic which really fantastic I think should get Ichabod's kill the flick totally agree oh yeah, yeah definitely yeah because um, he does because basically he, he's walking out and I think they shut vertical or horizontal yes they do they do yeah yeah because i'm sure the princess is walking up to him and he sort of starts and kind of moves back a bit because he's got because he loves because he says like nice rock or something doesn't he yeah he taunts her yeah he's going to get the money yes and when he lifts up the uh the the case it springs open and everything starts moving right and she's the first door opened yes and she kind of and he's what to leave and got the glasses on yeah i think still yeah and uh he sees her he's like Yes. And he kind of, you know, startles, he backs up a bit, and the wall shuts. Shut, yeah. And he's, he kind of, he, he's stuck there. Yeah, and he just stands like, there. So we're not 100% sure what happened. Like, maybe it clipped him, but then his glasses fall off. His tie, his falls, tie falls off. And the front part of him <coughs> slides down. Yes. And you see a good shot, again, practical effects, yeah. of just the back open inside of, yes. of, of his body. Yes. You see, you know, half his brain, you see just everything behind him, mm-hmm. and that kind of slowly falls. Yes. And and money. Yeah. It's... Which, which I'm sure, I'm sure they went back and grabbed. They must right. have. Right. Yeah, it was great. It was, uh, yeah, a really good kill. And I wish that there were more, whereas, like, I totally understand with, like, the jackal ripping apart and stuff, but I just, with ghosts... Um, I like more when they do those sort of things where you get killed by something that's not a ghost because ghosts vary a bit about like, can they touch people? Can they not touch people? Like sort of, you know, what are the rules? And I just, I like more that the princess used her environment instead of something real. They influence. Exactly. They don't, they're not the exact cause. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, yeah. So definitely kill the flick for me as well. Awesome. Hooray. And next week, we're watching um, 30, 30 Days, days of Night. Yes. Which, because we're recording this, we've actually already watched and recorded. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I'm I'm excited for you guys to listen to it, I guess. I was really excited to watch the movie. And it. Uh, I think it was a great episode. So We even had a, a surprise to us, too, special guest. Surprise! And, uh, yeah, so, uh, so, so we have a surprise special guest for next episode. Yes. And uh, we also found out you had a horrible Twilight-a-thon, and you had to <laughs> uh, cleanse your palate with a Ooh, good vampire movie. Good vampire movie, And we yeah. got just the one, 30 Days of Night, which is yes. just a great visceral Vampire yes. movie. Yeah, savage vampire movie. It was I enjoyed watching it. So I'm enjoyed for you guys. I'm enjoyed. I'm excited. I don't know. I'm feeling a lot of feelings <laughs> <laughs> for you guys to watch it. So um but for this week, thank you for joining us. This episode was brought to you by our executive producer Ichabod. We hope you enjoyed your orgasm as much as we did. Please don't forget to rate, download, and subscribe. Also, like and follow us on Facebook at Horgasm Podcast, Instagram at Horgasm, Twitter at Gasm Horror, and YouTube at the Horgasm Podcast. If you have a movie you'd like us to review, this is the best way to let us know. We hope to see you again next week because we have such sights to show you. Plenty of orgasms for you to experience. Bye!